Welcome to week number three in our series called Baggage. We're talking about living free and traveling light. Uh, Last week in our series, we talked about relational baggage and heard a lot of great feedback uh, uh, on that message and and really helping people to really let go of some of the baggage, some of the luggage they've been carrying. And and this week we want to talk about uh, the baggage of guilt. And the baggage of guilt is a little bit different than relational baggage. Relational baggage tends to be stuff that people do did to us, but the baggage of guilt, it tends to be stuff that we did ourselves. We didn't need any help, and and we feel ashamed about it. We feel guilt about it. We have regret. We have remorse, Uh, and and the, the good news is this. Because of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, we can let go of those bags as well, the baggage of guilt. Guilt is really like a self-imposed prison. Again, it's something that we do to ourselves. And, and, and as a result of that sin uh, that we feel guilty for, uh, we feel like we owe God something. So we've got to try to be better or do better or there's no way I can make it up to God. And, and it is just vicious, vicious cycle that we find ourselves in. But again, we have good news. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He said, come to me, all you who are tired and carrying heavy loads. Sounds like baggage, doesn't it? That are carrying heavy loads and I will give you rest. That, that really Jesus wants us to, to live free and to travel light, especially when it comes to the subject that we're talking about today and that is the subject of guilt. In, in Psalm 38 verse four, there's a similar thing here. It, it, the psalmist says, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. So it's pretty clear this analogy of baggage, of, of, of luggage that we carry this heavy weight that we tend to carry guilt is a heavy weight it is a burden that is too heavy to bear but this was never God's original intent this was never the way that that God created humanity to live with this baggage too heavy to bear this burden uh, of guilt in fact in Genesis chapter 2 verse 22 it tells us God's original intent in creation in the garden with Adam and Eve it says the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame think about how perfect it was before sin entered into humanity in the garden they were naked and they were unashamed they felt no shame whatsoever they had everything perfect think about it they didn't even have any in-laws how about that? What, what paradise on earth is that? No in-laws. They were the only ones. Adam was the perfect man. He was the most handsome man on the face of the earth. Eve was the most beautiful woman on the face of the earth. All they had were each other. They were naked and they felt no shame. Shame is really closely associated with guilt. And, and, and it's really a, a part of the result of sin our personal sin and the sin of humanity as well. And and you know probably the rest of the story that uh, God only had one rule, one rule before there was sin. He said, you can't take of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But they didn't listen to him. And and all the rules that we find in the Bible, Ten Commandments, all those stuff, God gave after sin, and that's to protect us. Because sin is painful, and it causes us to be weighed down with heavy baggage like guilt that we're talking about today. And, and when they did sin, they immediately felt shame. They, they realized, the Bible says in Genesis chapter three, they looked and they saw that they were naked and so they sewed fig leaves together to try to cover over their shame. And you know what, that's what we do. Maybe not sew fig, fig leaves literally, but we're always trying to cover up our shame, cover up our guilt, but nothing significantly covers up our shame. 
I, I wonder how many of you would feel real comfortable if uh, you came today and all you had on was a fig leaf. Not very good coverage. And, and uh, so fig leaves don't cover up our guilt and shame. And, and nothing that we do can really cover up our guilt and shame. But God made a way through sending his son, God himself, Jesus Christ, God in flesh, to pay the price, not only for our sins, but also to take our shame and our guilt away as well. And there's all different ways. And it says that, uh, that we, we cover up. And it says that Adam and Eve hid themselves from God after they sinned because they were ashamed and they realized they were naked and sewed those fig leaves together. And we've been hiding ever since, trying to cover up our guilt and our shame. You, you, you know, when you're at your house and you're smoking a joint and someone knocks on the door and all of a sudden you spray the Lysol in the air and start popping Tic Tacs, that ain't nothing but a fig leaf trying to cover up your guilt and your shame. Uh, when you don't love yourself but you try to cover yourself over cover the self-hatred over that you feel by abusing other people and misusing other people that ain't nothing but a fig leaf trying to cover over your guilt and your shame when you go around talking bad about other people when the truth is that you're really jealous uh, about the very people that you're talking bad about that ain't nothing but a fig leaf trying to cover over the guilt and the shame that you feel inside. When you go around demanding perfection from everyone else, when the truth is that you aren't, haven't really dealt with your own personal imperfections in your own life, the reality is that ain't nothing but a fig leaf trying to cover up the shame and the guilt and the feelings of inadequacy that you have. When you work, 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 and then you work a little bit more, and the truth is, all that work is not to accomplish anything. It's just so you don't have to go home and face the reality of what your marriage is not or what your family life really is. It's nothing but a fig leaf trying to cover over the shame and cover over the guilt. But the Bible puts it this way in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. There it is, that language again, of being burdened, being weighed down, of baggage. Jesus died to set you and I free, free from our sin, free, free from relational baggage that we talked about last week through forgiveness, and then this week, free as well from guilt and shame instead of covering up and trying to hide just like Adam and Eve did, and humanity's been doing ever since Adam and Eve. God sent Jesus, and it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. So we have to stand firm and not let ourselves be burdened again. Pick up that heavy baggage of guilt and shame and carry it on and on again. As a pastor, there's too many times I've, I've talked with, with folks and and they've been sharing with me. And when you really get down, honest, underneath the surface, and they'll say something like this, you know, I believe God forgives me. But there's one or two things I, I think he's still holding against me. There's only one problem with that. It just contradicts everything that the Bible says, God's word, that he forgives us. He's not holding one or two things against you and against me. E even today, it's amazing how guilt shame kind of motivates us 
Some people are here today, right now, in church, out of obligation. Because they're afraid if I don't come to church, you know what? God's just going to let something really bad happen to me this week. And, it, and it's a sense of, of guilt that's motivating. Or, or maybe it's because of something that we did this week. And like, man, i got to get to church because I, I've got to kind of like put a couple of pluses on the good side of the uh, ledger. That's not what it's about. That's not what church is about. Some people are here today because they recognize what God has done through his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and love Jesus and want to be worshiping Jesus, learning more about him, and with people that love Jesus. That's what it's really all about. Not motivated by guilt, that God's still keeping a couple things against us. And so let's take a closer look at this baggage of, of guilt that, that really, uh, how, how it tends to affect us. Uh, how do you know if you're carrying the baggage of guilt? I think there's a few ways. Uh, first of all, you'll, you'll experience in your life painful regret. You, you'll have ongoing painful regret in your life. You, you know, that we really have two choices. We, we go towards the world and we go towards all that, that the world tempts us with and, and all these worldly pleasures and, and things like that. Or, or we go in the direction towards Jesus and what God really wants for us, his best for us. And, and I'm not gonna lie to you, here's the thing. Those temptations for worldly pleasures and, and, and all those things, you know what, they have a payoff in the short term. They, they do bring some, some happiness, some relief, some, some temporary uh, cover up like we talked about but you know the farther you get down that road this is what you end up with painful regret sin on the front side always looks really glamorous and wonderful it always costs you though more than you're willing to pay and it always keeps you longer than you're willing to stay and so you end up with painful regret as you follow down that road opposite in the opposite direction of jesus christ However, those that, that follow after Christ and, and are relying upon the power of the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives to change us, to transform us, to walk in the freedom, uh, it's a very different story. On the front end, it doesn't look real glamorous. We're awesome, like, oh, this is fantastic. But the farther you get down the road, as you begin to really watch God working in your life, and transforming your life that we've been talking about, and looking at Scripture and renewing the way that we think, you know, that's a very different experience as you get down the road. It's not an experience of painful regret. In fact, I've been a Christian a long time, and, and I've been a pastor a long time as well, and I, I've never once heard anyone say, you know what, I regret putting Jesus first. I, I really regret putting Jesus at the center of my life. Uh, I, I just wish, you know, that, that instead of putting Jesus at the center of my life, I just wish I'd lied more. I wish I'd cheated more. I wish I'd partied more. I really, really wish I'd just slept around more with other folks. I, I regret putting Jesus first. I regret holding on to love, forgiveness, walking in freedom, traveling light, and living free. Instead, I, I really wish that my life was filled uh, with more regret, more guilt, and more shame. I've never heard anyone say that before. But I've heard those that have gone in the opposite direction of Jesus so many times, I regret so much. And so that's really what the fork in the road is. When we're carrying baggage of guilt, we have painful regret. 
Think about it. If there ever was a guy in the Bible that should have all kinds of regret, it was the Apostle Paul, right? The Apostle Paul, some of you know, before he became the apostle who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he was a persecutor of the church. He was actually responsible for men and women being killed, the early Christians, because of their faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, if we, if we categorize the Apostle Paul today before his conversion experience, we would say he was, a, he was a terrorist. The Apostle Paul was a Jewish terrorist. Look at what it says in Acts chapter 9, verse 1. It says, meanwhile, Saul, who was Paul, later his name was changed after his experience with Jesus Christ, was changed to Paul, but before Christ, B.C., it was Saul. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He was a persecutor of the church. He was responsible for men and women literally being martyred because of their faith in Christ. But then he came in contact with Jesus. He had an encounter with Jesus Christ and it completely changed his life. So much so that later on in Romans chapter eight, verse one, he writes these words. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Whoa, 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 hold on a minute. Paul, weren't you responsible for Christians dying? And he says, that baggage is not mine. Jesus paid the price for my guilt. He paid the price for those things that that I should be ashamed of. Jesus doesn't even condemn me. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul, who should have had tons of regret, had encountered the living Jesus Christ and it completely transformed his life. Second thing that we have when, we, uh, when we're carrying baggage of guilt is you hold on to it. it you, you can't really let it go. You, you tend to hold on to these things throughout all of our life, even, even if we've received Christ as our Savior, unless we really let that guilt go and that shame go. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. And yet, for many of us, what do we do? That, that salvation is kind of the high point of our life when we, when we receive what Christ has done for us on the cross, that he's forgiven us of our sins, past, present, and future. By the way, someone asked me one time, like, how, how did Jesus die for my, pres- my present sin and my future sin? And I had to tell him, like, you do realize it happened 2,000 years ago. All of your sin was present and future, was future, rather. Every one, of them, every one of my sins was present from the time of the cross. He took it all upon himself. And if anyone's in Christ is a new creation, that moment of salvation, the old is gone, the new is here. But, but the point is, for many of us, that's the pinnacle, that when we receive that initial salvation, that initial forgiveness. And then it's just kind of like we return back to old ways of thinking, old ways of living, and we pick up the baggage again, particularly this baggage of guilt for things that we should have done, areas in our lives that we feel like we failed God and we failed other people, and we feel that sense of shame, and we forget, I'm a new creation. Jesus took that guilt and he took that shame on the cross. And so we don't have to hold on to it any longer. And then the third thing that happens when we carry in the baggage of guilt is this. You don't allow God to forgive you and to cover your sins. 
See, that's what Adam and Eve did. They tried to cover their own sins instead of allowing God to forgive them and to cover over their sins. They tried to do it on their own. They hid from him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul also puts it this way. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. When we come to God with our weaknesses, with our shame and with our guilt, he does something incredible. Paul goes on, he goes, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest upon me. When I'm real and ideal, with my guilt and my shame, then God has an opportunity to deal a decisive blow to my guilt and to my shame. And he goes on and says, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, for when I am weak, then I am strong. It's through the power of Jesus Christ. When I'm real and ideal, with my shame and with my guilt, then, and only then, do I really let go of the baggage of guilt in my life? See, here's one thing I'm convinced at, convinced of. Jesus is really, really good at forgiving. He's really, really great at forgiving. And, and Jesus is really, really great about giving, uh, at giving people another chance. That's what he did. As you read the page of scripture, all over, he just gave people another chance. He forgave and gave them another chance and believed in them. And that's so important when it comes to letting go of our guilt and letting go of our shame as well. Romans chapter 11 verse 6 puts it this way. And since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their good works. We can't ever be good enough and do enough good stuff, uh, you know, uh, be a good person to earn God's forgiveness, to get rid of the guilt. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is. What is God's grace? I'm talking about your guilt, my guilt, and shame. Free and undeserved. We'll never be good enough to deserve God's grace, God's forgiveness. It's free, the Bible makes it clear, and it is undeserved. There's nothing we can do to deserve it, to earn it. It's a free gift. What we have to do is receive it and apply it to our lives. And so, it's so important, and, and, and I want to just encourage you, don't, don't let the day that you receive forgiveness from God be the high point of your life. Because the reality is, uh, so many times, we, we, we go through that experience as a Christian, and, and then we forget day in and day out that Jesus paid the price for all of our sins and all of our failures. And he wants a growing relationship with you and me every day of our lives right now, today. He wants to have a stronger relationship with you today than he did yesterday. And tomorrow, he wants even more of a growing relationship with you than he has and that you're possibly experiencing today as well. And we tend to forget this. And, and we kind of look at forgiveness in the rearview mirror instead of it's right up on ahead. Freedom as well. Freedom from guilt. Freedom from regret. Freedom from shame. It's not just in the rearview mirror. It's on up ahead as well. Jesus wants that growing relationship with each one of us every single day. In fact, I love how Paul puts it, in, and it's pretty cool when you think about what he did, who he had been, but then his experience with Christ. He understood this whole idea of letting go the baggage of guilt 
Listen to what he says in Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 37. He says, no, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And he goes on and says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, and goes on and says, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation. There is nothing in this world, no, no creature, there's no experience, there's nothing that will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He's God himself. He's our Lord. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Not my guilt, not my shame, not my regrets, not the memories of the the stupid, sinful stuff that I did, that you did. None of that can separate us from the love of God. Here's the reality. There is no other way. You can't cover up guilt. You can't hide it. Shame, regret, whatever you want to call it, it's really all the same thing. The only way to truly get rid of the pain of guilt is through Jesus Christ. He's the only one through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So let's talk about how to put the bags down in the remaining time that we have together. Here's the first thing. When we really begin to let go and put the bags down, guilt, shame, regret, first thing that happens is this. It begins to change how you relate to other people. When you're living free and traveling light, it begins to change how you relate to other people. I I love how, uh, again, Paul, uh, by the Holy Spirit, inspiring him as God's own words as he's writing scripture. In in Philippians chapter two, he talks about this change in terms of how to relate to other people. Look at what he says. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ because you've placed your faith in Christ, he's at the center of your life, you've surrendered your life to him, watch what changes if any comfort from this love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, he's saying these are elements of our life, this is what our life begins to look like, then make my joy complete by, watch this, by being like-minded, unity, harmony with other Christians, having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. The first thing that happens when we begin to let go of the baggage of guilt is it it like opens our heart up when we realize what God has done for us through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. Our heart is so full of gratitude that we begin to treat other people differently. And that's what Paul is describing here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 2. He goes on later on uh, in that same chapter and he starts talking about having the mind of Christ. That's what he's explaining here. In these first two verses, the mind of Jesus Christ, it changes how you relate to people. Here's the second thing that happens when we begin to drop the baggage of guilt. It changes how you relate to Jesus. It changes our relationships with other people. Then it changes how we actually relate to Jesus, how how we grow in that relationship that is not distant, that God's not distant from us. Look at what Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. He becomes the focal point of our life. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. That means we're growing. We're getting better and better. He's perfecting us. Will you ever be perfect? Not on this side of eternity, you won't. But you know what? As I like to tell my wife all the time, the man I am today is not the man I'll be tomorrow. 
And that's because of Jesus. He's perfecting. He's, he's making a, a better Greg. You know, coming up on my, my birthday here and, uh, in another month, and, and all of a sudden it's going to be a Greg version 4.8. <laughs> I'm 4.7 right now. But just getting better and better and better, more and more like Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, don't miss this now, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. That not only did the Bible makes it clear here in Hebrews chapter 12, not only did Jesus take our sin and pay for our sin, the Bible says he who knew no sin became sin. It wasn't just he took the penalty, he actually became it. He took all of it on himself. He also took our shame. He also took your shame, your guilt, your regrets, that, that, that emotional pain that's attached to the sinful things that we've done in the past. Jesus took all that on himself, experienced all of that. He knew that there was going to be joy on the other side. And so he was willing to take on and to experience that shame that you and I need to let go of because he took it. You know, this word shame is pretty interesting in the original language here in, in Hebrews chapter 12. The New Testament original language is Greek. And, and what it literally means, this word shame, it's, it's closely attuned, aligned. It's like a cousin, a uh, sibling almost, really, uh, to guilt. It means a painful feeling due to the consciousness of having done or experienced something disgraceful. That's what shame is. It's a painful emotional feeling, realizing I've done something I should not have done. Sin. It's a feeling of being caught doing something bad, caught in the act. Guilt. The feeling of literally being seen while sinning. You know what it reminds me of, this, the word shame? Kind of reminds me when I was a kid, you know, I'd do something wrong, you know, or mistreat my sister, you know, or something like that. And then I'd hear, I'd hear my mother, and she'd call me after my sister went crying, you know, to mom, and just like some kind of little weak, sniveling baby. Uh, but uh, she, she'd, go, she'd go crying to mom, and then the next thing I'd hear is this. Gregory? Gregory Shane? You know the only reason why you have a middle name is for when your parents call you because you're in trouble. And, and the only time I ever in my life I heard my middle name Shane was when I was in trouble. Gregory Shane? And as soon as I heard my middle name, which sounds a lot like shame, doesn't it? It, it put me to shame. Gregory Shane? Immediately my head goes down. I don't want to make eye contact with my parents. Kind of looking up like that. That's Shame. That's that feeling of guilt. I've, done some, I've been caught doing something I shouldn't have done. But Jesus, got to put it this way, Jesus took Gregory Shane's shame on the cross. And he took yours too. And, and so we don't have to have our head down feeling like God's just waiting for some fuzzy-headed grandpa up in the sky with a big old bat waiting for us to get out of line and bang, he's gonna hit us on the head. That's not what the scripture says. It says fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the author, he's the perfecter of your faith. He, he, he's the one for the joy set before, he took that shame 
on himself on the cross. We can let go of that baggage. Here's the third thing that happens when we let go of the baggage of guilt. It changes how God works through you. When we get rid of guilt and we give it to Jesus who took it, it changes how God works through us. In Psalm 18, verse 35, I love how it puts it here in the NIV. It says, you make your saving help my shield. And your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. Not, not, your, your help has made me, I'm not ashamed any longer. I'm not crippled by the memories of the past, of past sin and past stupid stuff that I've done. Your help has made me great. And notice what the emphasis is. It's on God. It's not on my greatness. But it's like with the psalmist here saying, your help has made me able to let go of this luggage, this baggage of guilt. And it changes how God can work through my life now because I'm no longer ashamed of the past. I no longer carry guilt from the past into the present and into the future as well. When we finally drop the baggage of guilt in our lives, we start seeing things the way that Jesus sees things. And we start reaching out to other people just like Jesus reached out to other people because he's helped us lighten the load and to live free. That we can finally drop the baggage of guilt. See, when it comes right down to it, there's only one thing to do with guilt. You can't cover it up. Fig leaf won't work. You can't run and hide. What's the only thing that we can really do that fixes the problem of guilt and shame and regret in our lives? Here it is. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. Or, or could I even put it this way? Stop taking it back from Jesus because he took it from us on the cross. Stop packing those bags for the future of guilt and shame. Leave it where it belongs. Jesus paid for the guilt and he paid for the shame. Give it all to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. In, in just a minute, we're gonna, we're gonna celebrate the Lord's Supper communion as a church family. And, and, and as I was preparing this message, I, I just couldn't help but think about what, what a great reminder communion is to us because we forget. We forget all that God has done for us, all that Jesus did for us on the cross by living a sinless life, but dying the death of a sinner and taking all of your sins, all of my sins upon himself and our shame and our guilt and our regret as well. And we need to be reminded of that because isn't it true we have this tendency as humans that we tend to look at our baggage and we fail to look at the cross. And that's what communion's all about. It's a reminder. That's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 22, verses 19 through 20. It says, and he took bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them saying, watch this now, this is my body given for you. Look at this. Do this in remembrance of me. Let this remind you of what I've done. 
Let this, let this remind you of what I've done for you, not what you've done. That's when we look at our baggage. We think we're reminded about what we've done. The baggage of guilt, the baggage of shame. Jesus says, don't look at your baggage. Be reminded of what I've done. Do this. Take this bread, take this cup, do this in remembrance of me. And then in verse 20 it says, in the same way, after supper he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. It's a remembrance. The bread reminds us of his broken body. The cup reminds us of his blood that was shed for us. And he says, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus is telling us that this Communion is a picture meal. It is a way to continually renew in our minds the reality of the gospel, the good news of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross and in our hearts, reminding you and reminding me all the time, it's not about what you've done. It's about what has been done for you. That's what the cross is all about. And so in just a minute, we're gonna, we're gonna share communion as a church family, one church, two locations. And, and, and as the elements are gonna be passed out and uh, we're, we're gonna have uh, some further instruction about how to do that in just a minute. But before we do that, I wanna pray. And, and I just wanna pray that, that perhaps for the first time in our lives, for some of us, that even in this act of obedience, of remembering, that, that it might be a reminder that we've never experienced before that today's the day saying, you know what? I trust that what Jesus did on the cross, that he not only took my sin, he also took my shame and my guilt as well. And so I'm not gonna look at my baggage anymore. I'm gonna leave that to him, that baggage of guilt. I'm not gonna take it back from him. But let this communion, this bread, and this cup remind me that he paid for it all and he took it all on the cross. And he rose again three days later. And that's why I make him the first priority, the center of my life. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the reminder of what Jesus Christ did for us. That, that Lord, that really there's only one thing that we can do with the baggage of guilt, shame, and regret. And that's to give it to Jesus because really when we, when we remember the cross as we're about to do, Lord, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper communion together, this great meal of remembrance, we're reminded it's not about what we've done that is the most important thing. It's about what Jesus has done for us by taking our sin, by taking our guilt, by taking our shame upon himself on the cross and taking it away from us that we might live free and travel light as we've released the baggage of guilt and shame. In Jesus' name we pray, we thank you, amen.